0: covid relief golden statues and mean tweets hey girls and guys i'm brandy with an i and this is did you hear the news As usual, it's been a heck of a week, so let's get into some things. So it looks like the relief bill has made it through the House, not without some drama. Apparently the Senate parliamentarian ruled that the $15 minimum wage would not be included in the Senate House bill, which of course upset many progressives and people who are in support of the $15 minimum wage. However, Bernie Sanders and Chuck Schumer are working on other ways to get around this and have proposed taxing big corporations who do not pay their employees over $15 an hour. Now, I don't have a problem with that idea per se. What I wonder is how long is that going to take to basically get that added into the bill? Because the bill has gone to the Senate now, but the Senate has to basically make their changes on it, vote for it, and then their version of it has to go back to the House. So at this point, the question is, how long is it going to take to get that provision entered? Is it going to delay the bill? Keep in mind, the unofficial due date for this bill is March 15th, because at that point, that's when many of the unemployment benefits will run out from the previous bill. So will that push back that deadline. I don't know, but it's something that has been floated amongst the senators as sort of a plan B or or other ways to work around the fact that the Senate parliamentarian ruled that that could not be in the bill. And boy, oh boy, were they catching heat. I mean, (laughs) the tweets were wild. You had, you know, congressmen and women saying like, How how does a person that's not even elected get to say, you know, what should be in the bill and what should not? But honest to goodness, I think we all saw this coming. I, I don't know why we saw it as a shock when it happened, but I don't know. I guess maybe they had some kind of hope for it. But when I saw that ruling, I was not surprised at all. I definitely thought it was unfortunate because I do believe in that $15 minimum wage, but I do support other ways to get around it. I just, I want the Democrats to be smart about it. I don't want there to be something that's gonna hold the bill back anyway when people have been waiting on this money, like they were promised this money back in November and they were told they would have it immediately. And I think for the most part, those of us who understand the back and forth and the fact that there was an impeachment trial that was going to go on, knew that the money would not go out immediately. But at this point, we're almost three months in and it's like, okay, just go ahead and get it started. So just know if you are very disappointed by the $15 minimum wage, the Democrats are working on other ways to somehow, some way make that work to the benefit of the people. I know they probably won't tell you, but I do believe that some people breathed a sigh of relief at the fact that it was going to be removed just because it has been a very serious point of contention among the Democrats who need all 50 votes and that tie-breaking vote by Vice President Kamala Harris. And you had senators like Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema who were just so adamant about the fact that they would not support it. uh, And they definitely would not support, Kirsten specifically would not support um, uh, overruling of the parliamentarian for the purpose of putting that in the bill because apparently that is something that Vice President Kamala Harris can do. She can overrule the parliamentarian's rule and keep it in the bill. I guess the Democrats can also force the parliamentarian to uh, resign apparently that's something that the republicans did a few years ago when they didn't like something that the parliamentarian ruled on so but i i don't foresee president biden and vice president harris going that route i think they would like bernie and chuck rather go about it a different way the issue is that it's just going to be very hard to get $15 minimum wage passed in the Senate, especially because you have even the moderate Republican senators who think that there should be a increase in the wage and some of the moderate Democrats, they believe that $15 is too high, which is criminally insane to me because that's only $31,000, give or take, before taxes and it's like are y'all really fighting over giving people the bare minimum like it, it it still continues to blow my mind that this is a fight in 2021 where the median rent for people is like astronomical they have to live with roommates like they have to work three and four or five jobs just to get by. But people who are making hundreds and thousands and millions of dollars are saying, no, you can't even make $31,000 before taxes. I'm not even going to get into it because y'all already know how the whole thing makes me feel. Either way, if you're looking for a STEMI, the rest of the STEMI that you were promised, look for that bill to hopefully be signed before the 15th of March. President Biden also continues to work on his immigration plan. As I mentioned last week, they did start admitting migrants who were staying in Mexico due to former President Trump's policies. Uh, They're also revoking a ban on certain visas that was also due to another policy of the former president. And then they're also reuniting those children with their families. Thank goodness. Fortunately, they have found over a hundred children's families, but unfortunately we still have over 500 to go. So they are working on that. It kind of did warm my heart to see that children are are being reunited with their families. And it's only been about 30 days into the Biden administration. It kind of makes you wonder what the previous administration was doing and why they weren't finding these children's families. Anyways, that's good news. Unfortunately, though, I think it was mentioned that They have opened up the detention centers again and are having to keep migrant children there. Of course, that's a sore spot, especially for Democrats like AOC who tweeted like it's not right under any administration. And I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, Unfortunately, I feel like I don't understand enough about the facilities in which the migrant children are kept under. But I did listen to an interview on Pod Save America, and I thought it was very interesting. Uh, they had someone who you know specifically knows about like the immigration policies of the last administration, and and basically what is going on at the border. And she's trying to work to stop the conflation of the children in cages, and also like the minors. In detention facilities, unfortunately, um, because there was a separation policy in the last administration, but there's also a policy that children who came over without their parents or without a you know adult guardian had to be in a detention center until you could find a host family for those children. That ended up getting conflated into children in cages. And that's not to say that there were not some terrible things going on at the border. Like we did see, of course, you know, the images of the facts that children and families were being locked up in inhumane circumstances until things could get sorted out. However, it seems that it is U.S. policy for when those children come over and are not accompanied that they have to be detained there at the facility until a host family can be found for them. So I'm once again glad that they're reuniting those children, but I also want us to kind of be intentional about what we don't know about that situation about the children because i did not know that there were two situations when it came to the last administration and no one ever agreed with the policy to separate families but it appears that that was a uh, more of a short-term policy and when there was outrage about it it ended it was it should have never happened to begin with at all but apparently it's being conflated with another issue and then now that It's, you know, the Biden administration is carrying on with the policy. It's becoming a big thing when apparently there's just a lot we probably don't know about. I feel personally that there needs to be a revamping. Anyway, if our first thought about children being in detention centers is that they are being held in inhumane conditions. Like I've never been to the border. I don't know what goes on at the border. I just feel like there needs to be a revamping of the system anyway to make sure that anybody who comes over here, like before they can get themselves together or they can land on their feet, they're not living in squalor until they can be placed somewhere where they can, you know, responsibly and legally work on gaining their citizenship in the United States. But Immigration is, I'm pretty sure, a a very tough thing to tackle, so I'm going to leave that to the experts and not try to uh, be the one to tell them how to do that. I just know they need to do better. This week, the House also passed the Equality Act, which is a expansion of the Civil Rights Act in which it would prohibit individuals from being discriminated against due to their sexual orientation or their gender identity. And to that, I say, heck yeah, like who a person Loves or, you know, what gender they identify as should not keep them from being able to get things like housing and jobs and being able to patronize businesses because people want to use their beliefs, religious or not, to prohibit them from just living a normal life like a citizen. I don't even understand why we have to fight so hard just for civil rights for people. But that's another story for another day. So I think that's a beautiful thing. I'm excited about it. I'm not really sure of the path that it has in the Senate, but it's really exciting thing for the House to have passed. Of course, we did see um, a little bit of ugliness as it relates to it coming from our very own mean girl, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, she does work across the hall from a Congresswoman whose daughter is actually transgender, and she did celebrate the passing of the bill by hanging up a transgender awareness flag next to her office, which unfortunately happens to be across the way from Taylor Green's office to which, um, when this Congress lady was celebrating this move, you know, of course, for her daughter. Taylor Green retweeted it and of course brought up the bathroom argument like why people think that others care about what they do in the bathroom really baffles me but I guess it's the best argument they can come up with for suppressing people I don't know but she tweeted that ugly thing and the lady responded and then she also put this ugly sign up beside her door that says something to effect of like it's man and woman and that's it it was just just disgusting stuff that you would expect from a vile disgusting human being like marjorie taylor green and i won't even give it any more energy because she doesn't even deserve it I'm just guessing she has a lot of extra time now. She doesn't have any committee assignments. She did tell us that she was going to be pretty free now that she's been booted. So I guess she had time to go to Kinko's and get some signs made up. Moving along. Thursday evening, it was reported that the United States carried out an airstrike in Syria on a site that is apparently being used by... Iranian militia groups to mobilize and um, smuggle illegal weapons of some sort which actually angered you know people on both sides especially Democrats in the Congress who did not know anything about this attack prior to um and wanted to know you know why the president um, called for this attack without getting the support and approval of the democrats which is actually a good question my understanding is you're supposed to go through congress but apparently president biden has sent them you know a written letter to explain what reasons it was that he took the action and you know give the um the acts and the clauses of which you know his actions were justified and apparently there had been already some rockets that have been launched on Americans at different sites from those Iranian militia groups. And so the missile strike was in retaliation of those militant groups already like launching rockets at Americans. So we'll keep our eyes open for that. I feel like there's probably going to be a little more back and forth on that. I don't know if the Congress have accepted that written letter so far as it is. Also this week, it appears that the classified documents that proved that the Saudi crown prince was responsible for the death of American journalist Jamal Khashoggi were released. I think a lot of people already Expected that to be true and felt that that was the truth, so those documents basically just went to prove what people already felt like they knew. So, yeah, apparently, they're not going to be any action taken towards them. So, I guess it was just an FYI if you guys wanted to know. Biden's cabinet nominees also met some resistance this week as the confirmation hearings moved along. Merrick Garland actually kind of just skated on through his confirmation hearings with glowing praise from both sides. Now, I don't know if that was just because the Republicans felt guilty about the fact that this super qualified individual was held back for five years from a Supreme court appointment because they wanted to be petty and not give Barack Obama a a choice to pick a justice before he left office. Or if they really just think he is a, a super good person for the job. I did watch his confirmation hearing. And I do think that he seems like a pretty decent guy. He was involved with the prosecution, of Timothy McVeigh from um, the Oklahoma City bombing. And he knows quite a good deal about domestic terrorism. And I think that maybe his steps were being ordered for such a time as this when domestic terrorism is on a rise. So I definitely think he is qualified and I think he, you know, will do a pretty decent job for what it's worth, but it's just very noticeable that his confirmations went much smoother than a lot of the different uh, nominees this week, including Xavier Becerra, who is for the, I think, the National Health um, Secretary. He got some pushback from Mitt Romney about his stance on abortion and other things, and I think that some people were trying to say that he possibly might not be qualified, but he actually has a background in health. I think we shouldn't be listening to Republicans speak about qualifications when We had a super unqualified person as the education secretary, and we had Ben Carson as the secretary of HUD, housing and urban development, like a brain surgeon in the housing and urban development secretary role, like make it make sense. But anyways, that's the game that Republicans like to play. They nothing ever really applies to them, and it's always opposite day. So anyways, Deb Holland also had a little bit of pushback. Um, she would be the first uh, Native American woman to serve as the Interior Secretary, and that's a pretty big deal for a Native American to be in that role, to be the overseer of federal land when... We know the history in America. We know how Native Americans have been treated over this very land that we all live in. But of course, she got pushed back based on her thoughts about the environment and if she supported, you know, pipelines and all of these things. And I just feel like, once again, why are these people who are definitely qualified to do their job getting more pushback than people who were not qualified at all to be in cabinets, but were put there because of their loyalties to the former president. Whatever. I think that Deb and Xavier will definitely be approved. They don't really seem to face any real pushback on the side of the Democrats. I believe all the Democrats will vote for them. But your girl Nero Tannen's on thin ice. We will be discussing her later on in the episode. The Republicans have flocked to Orlando, Florida this weekend as they attend CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, and oh boy, what a lineup of speakers. It's like seditionist nightlife every day. All of the election fraud conspiracy theorists all in one place. The whole conference seems to hinge on the big lie that the election was stolen. There's conversations and sessions about what we can do to secure our elections and make them safer which is very rich coming from a group of people who absolutely know that the election was not fraudulent they just lied but you know what happens when you tell a lie you just gotta keep on telling that lie and then more lies and then more lies so Just pretty embarrassing. Ted Cruz is there joking about the fact that he left his constituents to literally freeze to death and go to Cancun. Saying nasty things about AOC. Just being the loathsome toad that he is. You have... All of the big players, the Josh Hawleys, the Matt Gates, Rick Scotts, all of those who are just so embarrassing, who actually know better, just lying, just spreading this continual lie of the fact that the election was stolen. Even when they have aspirations of being president themselves, they're spreading this lie for a former president who is, is absolutely planning to try and run again for the next election. So my question is, what happens? What happens when he's running again? Some of these Republicans are running again, and they're having to run against each other. Do we have another repeat of 2016 where they're like trashing him to death, but then as soon as he wins the nomination, they're licking his boot? Like, what's the end game i i just don't see it how do you have aspirations of running for president but you already know that according to polls if the vote were to be held this week you would probably not even be in the top three because your former president who lied about losing the election is still currently in the number one spot And his son is like maybe number three. Like, it's so embarrassing. Are y'all not embarrassed? (sighs) But anyways, even if that wasn't bad, they literally erected this golden statue in his honor. And it's like, why are you so embarrassing? And for some reason they had on flip-flops and I just couldn't understand it. I was like, is it? because Florida's warm. I don't know. the the. It was just a weird statue. And then it had flip-flops. And I was freaked out. I'm probably going to see it in my nightmares. And these people don't think that there's anything ironic about it at all. And then the hotel staff came and was like, hey, y'all, like we know you're doing your thug dizzle, but can you maybe put on a mask while you do it? And these people were like, So against that. And I'm just like, if you're going to have your conference down here in a state where they already don't believe coronavirus is real, can you just at least not pretend like we don't have all four of the very serious variants and probably any of the other American grown variants that you can find down here in Florida? Can you please stop acting like Florida already doesn't have a governor who doesn't even believe in reporting the right COVID numbers and thinks it's okay to not even have a vaccination plan. Like, can you please stop embarrassing us? Anyways, so that's what's happening at CPAC. Uh, the former president will be giving a speech on Sunday. Unfortunately, this is recorded before then, so I won't be able to brief you in this episode on what he says But if I had to make a prediction of my own, it's probably going to go something like lie, lie, lie. I won bigly, huge numbers for me, not that other guy, blah, 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 lie, lie, lie. So there, I saved you some time. You don't even have to catch up on the speech for tomorrow. Speaking of that big lie, I've been telling you guys to keep an eye out because many states are gearing up to pass these ridiculously restrictive voter suppression bills. There have been over 230 bills drawn up across the U.S. for changing the voting process in many states. And of course, a lot of these states have Republican legislatures who will not really face any backlash as they do whatever it is they can to restrict voters. As we mentioned previously on this show, Georgia is trying to like get rid of the absentee voting. I mean, Georgia has had. No excuse absentee voting for years. It was actually introduced by Republicans years ago because it was supposed to help those rural voters vote more easily. But now, when we see that it actually helps black people vote, it's an issue. So they're trying to get rid of that. They're trying to get rid of early voting on the weekend when they know that there are such things in georgia as souls to the polls where african-american community specifically gets together and goes and votes on sundays like all of these things that they're doing like we don't see them and we have to show them that we see them and so i've mentioned it before but there's this bill hr1 the for the people Act that would move to open up absentee voting. Like, I don't know about you guys, but absentee voting was the absolute easiest thing I've ever done. I've done it three times now since the pandemic started. I live in Florida uh, and we were given the option to sign up for mail-in ballots if we wanted to for like the next year, if I'm not mistaken. So any. Um, election that occurs here in Florida. I'm signed up for uh absentee ballot for like the next year, so they just send them to me. I don't even have to ask for them now, and it's really the easiest thing to do. You get it, you fill it out. You can take it to a drop box or you just put it back in the mail. We just had an election for uh, I think county commissioner. I just dropped that in the mailbox because I. No, it wasn't as high profile um, election as the presidential election where I did drop my ballot off, but it's been the easiest process ever just to vote. I don't have to go stand in long lines. like, And I know a lot of people actually benefited from the mail-in voting. It would also try to make sure that the use of drop boxes is more open. I mean, we see even drop boxes are being targeted. Like, what's the reason that you would want the drop boxes to be removed from a public place and then put into a building that's going to be closed after a certain hour and then people can't drop off their ballots? Like, it's totally restrictive. It doesn't make any sense and it needs to be combated. Another great thing about this bill is that it would also in bipartisan gerrymandering because you would need a outside commission who would draw the districts themselves instead of Republicans or Democrats drawing up ridiculous districts that look like crescent moons and whatever ridiculous shape just because they know that those people in those areas are left-leaning or right-leaning and they would get whatever candidates they need voted in. I mean, redistricting is done every 10 years. We just had a census and we do not want Republicans drawing the map to get extra congressmen because the margin in the house is already so thin and they're already looking at ways that they can draw cattywomp figures on the map so that they can win and that's not okay that shouldn't be okay for anybody so please support this bill as i mentioned i listen to pod save america and they do have a website it's called votesaveamerica.com so go to VoteSaveAmerica dot com and then you can do forward slash for the people and that'll take you right to the page where they have the information about the act and what all it includes. There's also options on that site for you to contact your congressmen or women and tell them how you feel about the act. Tell them you know thank you for supporting it or I want you to support it, but now is definitely not the time for us to sit around and um, just hope that Congress does the right things. It's a very serious. If we don't get this done within the next two years, the 2022 election can make or break any progress we've seen in the two years to come. So, not even two years at this point now. So, it's just very important that, you know, if you guys want, to save democracy once again i know it sounds like i'm fear-mongering but there's nothing that i've seen in the past four, maybe even 10 years that would suggest that the republicans would actually do right by us like and you can see the ways in which they're trying to take away our rights to vote they're trying to disenfranchise us from voting in these bills and it's just not okay and it never will be okay. It's very reminiscent of Jim Crow and I'd be darned if I sit around and wait for Jim Crow to come back during my lifetime. It's definitely not a place I want to be. It's not a time I want to see. We gotta get past that. So check out that website. Once again that's vote save America and stay tuned because I have a wonderful roundtable today. I actually have a few of my girlfriends joining me today on the podcast because I feel like for such a time as this, it was very fitting. So please welcome my friends, Shekinah, Karen, and Michelle. Thank you guys for joining me today. As I mentioned, these are my real life friends. And I wanted to have you guys on the show today because I just wanted some like bomb women to kind of come and give me their take on what's going on in the news just because it feels like there's a lot of ganging up on the women in politics these days and I thought Who'd be better to come on here and talk about women than my women friends? So thank you guys for joining me. So this week has been pretty crazy, especially uh, coming off of the insurrection last month and uh, just a lot of the things that have come from that in the weeks following. So we just see a lot of... It feels like men not taking accountability, not holding other men accountable, but then wanting to hold women accountable for things that really aren't their fault. For instance, um, we saw this week that there was a hearing about the insurrection and senators had the chance to ask questions to the former chief of Capitol Police. And you see Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley using their time to basically try to blame Nancy Pelosi for the fact that the Capitol police was not ready. And I'm appreciative of the fact that the former chief was very upfront in the fact that they didn't even reach out to Nancy. Like she's not the chain to even reach out to. And then there's Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer and Kevin McCarthy. Like why are we landing blame solely on Nancy? Like she's the only one in leadership And then you saw (laughs) Texas had a terrible winter storm. It was a disaster. And for some reason, AOC's Green New Deal was the focus. When Texas only uses about 10% in wind energy, and that wasn't even really the reason that they had such breakdowns. What is it about Men in leadership holding other men accountable. Why do we not see that today in politics? I don't even know. I feel like for me
1: it's it's a bigger symptom within the Republican Party, I feel like, is to find the easiest scapegoat. And so it feels like, you know, Nancy Pelosi has been a very like fervent critic of trump and the republican party so like in a situation like this where i think they know they messed up they know that um they let trump run rampant it's easier to to find a scapegoat like that's that's literally what we've seen occur for the last few years with the republican party is who is the biggest critic let's make them the scapegoat and unfortunately in this particular situation it's it's going to be like nancy and aoc right Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It just, it just seems like there's a rotting from within that's going on in there. And I, 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 I don't understand it. It baffles me truly.
0: Yeah. It's pretty wild. It's especially like Liz Cheney taking so much heat for her vote just to impeach when, I mean, there are other guys and of course they're taking heat from their states and stuff like that. But she's the the number three Republican for the House or, you know, and they're they're like holding votes to see if she should keep her leadership. And it's like she's not the one who incited a whole riot.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, for me, I'm thinking like men, they just see women, especially women who have potential power and education and knowledge, they see them as I guess an opportunity um, to easily blame them for things. Uh, you don't see the men holding each other accountable and it's like almost like they don't want to go against another man. It's right. You never know. I think, you know, I'm big on conspiracies personally,
0: so I'm always <laughs> like, what's
2: what the realty behind what's going on? Um, so I can only imagine what would possibly happen if another man held another man accountable in politics. Like, there's probably so much behind those things and the decisions that are being made, where it's just easy to point the finger at little old Nancy. Poor Nancy. Like, I really am like, what is her? I want to see her job description because I'm sure contacting security is not under. Her job description, and especially for this, when there's
0: a a, a mob <laughs> screaming "Hang Nancy," you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like, it's like, like, okay. no, really?
2: like <laughs> y'all really gonna blame her as if she was supposed to be the point of contact? <laughs> I'm like, run me her job description, please. So again, it's just easy, I think, for the men to point the finger at the the women, um, because it's probably thought that we aren't going to speak up. We aren't going to say anything. We're just going to take it. Whereas if you point the finger at another man who knows what'll come out of that. So I just think there's just little things behind it that we don't see and that we don't know about. Um, and I wish that Nancy would boss up and just really take ownership and be like, y'all, I'm not having it. I'm not having it, but (laughs) you know, my girl, my girl ain't there yet.
0: Exactly. And so, with that, you know, she announced that she was going to, you know, put together this nine eleven style commission of like people that are not in the House or the Senate, of course, that would come in and you know look at the happenings of um, J- January sixth, and apparently, I guess, you know, when she did the breakdown. The Democrats are going to get, I think, four appointees, and the Republicans are going to get three, and they were crying foul about that. But I'm like, why is it when, when the the Republicans are the majority, everything goes their way. It's all mm-hmm. in terms of you know like the numbers and all of that. But when when the Democrats get authority, now suddenly it's we got to share. And, you know, we can't look into what Donald Trump did, because if we look at what Donald Trump did, now we have to look at BLM and Antifa. It's like, what? How do we, how do we springboard to that (laughs) from January 6th? But like, that's what they use as a way to say, no, like it should be split 50-50. And if if you're going to start looking at the former president, then we're going to take it. In ways that make zero sense and are a waste of time for everybody. And it's like, but the women. (laughs) (laughs) It's insane.
3: Right.
1: (laughs) So for me, a part of it, I feel like, is one, right? Like, like, I think some of it is the Democrats' own fault. Because we've seen the Republicans basically play chess to the Democrats' checkers. Mm -hmm. Like, it feels like the Democrats do sometimes generally want things to go through this type of process that feels bipartisan or like includes multiple opinions but when the republicans haven't done that it and i and i get it it's like you don't want to go tit for tat right you don't want to make it a childish playground sort of environment but something has to give there has to be a change in strategy and unfortunately it feels like the republicans want all the control it's either do as I say or give me equal share of, of an opinion when I have not given you the chance to to do that. So I don't know. Part of it, I think, could be sexist. It could be this thing of like we're seeing a strong woman tell us what to do and we don't like that. Um, and you, you can definitely see that with AOC, right? Mm-hmm. The moment AOC stuck on the scene, she was telling them what they would would not do, how to speak to her, how they wouldn't speak to her. And they had an issue with that.
3: And all she was doing was
1: everything that that is is necessary to be
3: respected. I think Democrats needed to, to, like you said, what what's good for the goose needs to be good for the gander. Okay, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. if you know when you're in majority, you want it all—brand new socks and drawers. Then when Democrats take over, then it needs to be the same thing. And I think I'm very conflicted within myself because I'm almost like, uh-uh, they did it. We need to do it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still waiting for, for them to stack that court. I'm still holding <laughs> on hope hold. because I just, I just I just feel like when you have the opportunity, you have to take it because the next four years can be completely different or the next Lord. two years can be completely mm-hmm. different. And so now mm-hmm. when you have the opportunity, you need to do it. And, like, we have all these strong women who are smart, who are capable, who have new ideas and I just think everyone needs to listen, but I also think that they need to make them listen. And it's mm-hmm. kind of time out for being polite because polite hasn't gotten us
0: where we need to be, in my opinion. Exactly. Yeah. That yeah, makes we, done, yeah. we
2: need to be done playing nice around here. It's,
0: exactly. It's, it's like, what are you nasty. afraid of? A lot of the <laughs> they So, and, and I'm with you, Michelle. I, I feel the same way because it seems like anytime we try to bring up like, stacking the courts or the filibuster or things like that it's like well what happens when the republicans get in office and my thing is if we could get rid of those things and the democrats could really do things to help people it would be really hard for republicans to get elected again. And I think they know that, number one.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: number two, it would also be very hard for like Republicans to stand against the things that are helping. Just like health care and how, you know, it was, oh, get afford of Obamacare until, you know, rural people started realizing that Affordable Care Act was actually Obamacare. And um <laughs> maybe I do like this and yeah. <laughs> maybe I don't want you to get rid of it. And so it was harder for them to get rid of that so I'm, I'm with you I feel like we don't want to see what happens if we I guess get rid of the filibuster and then Republicans just do what they want to do but it's like they have never stopped Never. They continue to do anything that they want to do and push it through any way that they want to when they mm-hmm. have power. And it's like the Democrats have to not be afraid to do that because it's not like what they're trying to do is disenfranchise people or like take away their rights. But a lot of the things that Republicans are trying to do is take away, It's take away, take away when Democrats are trying to give, give, give. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like if you really make the people happy, it's going to be really hard for them to get rid of you, or it's going to be really hard for Republicans. And I say hard, I'm not going to say they're not going to try because they're very good with their messaging and they're very good at spinning things to make it seem like it's not something you want. Like for instance, the COVID relief bill, they're trying to spin that as like a liberal bailout. And I'm like, do you not realize it goes to all the States? Like it wouldn't just go to liberal States or, there are republicans living in liberal states so the fact that you try to make it seem like it's only going to help a certain amount of people when the americans know like it's going to help them as well it's just like democrats have to get bold and they also have to change their messaging because they're terrible at that
2: they'll (laughs) never win they'll never win
0: exactly
2: Even when we win, we won't win.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Even if you look at what's happening in Texas, right? Like, they're trying to blame the breakdown of Texas's infrastructure on green technologies. And Mm -hmm. you said it before. The green technologies only make up 10% of Texas's infrastructure. What's really the problem (laughs) is their Mm Republican-led local government Mm -hmm. voted to privatize (laughs) their electrical grid. And right. People are like, well, how would how would how could we predict this in every other state where we've seen like snowstorms occur that typically don't have snowstorms? It hasn't been this mass level of disaster. Why? Because it is through the federal government. There are standards that need to be maintained and maintenance to ensure if an unexpected disaster occurs, the grid can at least respond in a way that works one and two because it's privatized now all of these people have bills that are thousands and Mm -hmm. thousands of dollars because the the it's based on i guess like the if whether the market is up or down who did that the republicans did that (laughs) exactly (laughs) and now you're mad you're trying to blame the democrats who are like hey so You know, we we actually want to give you something that's better. Y'all are mad about that? Like, I don't, I don't, it makes, it's like an oxymoron. It's like people are working against their own best interests.
0: But you know, the crazy thing to me is that this is not a once in a lifetime storm. The same thing happened in Texas 10 years ago. Same exact thing happened. And it was so funny. I was watching the news and they played a, a clip of a hearing they had after that where someone said, It needs to change because it can happen one year or 10 years down the line. And it was like 10 years to the date that the guy said that. And it's like, you didn't do what you needed to do. You touted cheap energy, but there are no government regulations that said you had to winterize and all of that stuff. And it's just like, these are your own mistakes. And then, you know, Rick Perry, who was once the governor of Texas trying to tell people that you know, they should be happy to make the sacrifice of no heat and energy <laughs> for three. Like what?
3: Sir, this what? Sir, this you got mean. heat? If you got heat, hush. Okay. If you got heat, hush. Like it's, this conversation doesn't concern you. are not even governor anymore. Right. You, and you have heat. And, you, and you were the
0: secretary of energy. So you should know better. <laughs> you should know better.
1: Like, how you get mad at AOC for raising money? Right. Like, how you get mad? They, <laughs> they mad. know they, talk they the ball. talking about it's making us look bad. And I'm like, if it takes somebody who's not from your state, a woman who's not from your state, to care enough to make y'all look bad, what is the bar? Right?
0: What's the bar? Because it's not, it didn't look bad that, you know, people were out, were without power for days. And it didn't look bad that Ted Cruz went to Cancun. Forget all that. (laughs) Ted! Ted was in Mexico.
2: <laughs> okay, unbothered. No, he
3: went to go drop his daughters off. That's it. That's all. He was coming oh, right back. God, he, you said he no, was coming no. right back. They, let
0: me tell you something. They did not <laughs> have stop having a good time once he left. Ooh. They was on that beach. Somebody took a picture of them chilling on that beach. And I said, you he know what? He did not
2: care. He did not care. Oh, my God. Where's
1: the accountability for Ted? <laughs> I feel like I've seen so much, There's so none. much in terms of, like, Republicans coming for AOC. Mm-hmm. And her her Green Deal, her going down to Texas. There, I see, I feel like I see so much from the Republicans about that. But nobody from the Republican Party has said anything about Ted Cruz.
0: It's been everybody
1: else outside of the Republican bubble that says something about Ted Cruz.
0: There was one Republican congressman on CNN, and he's from Texas. And he said, I mean, I wouldn't go to Cancun if my state... I was like the shade, <laughs> but you're right, you don't see like an outpouring of people Republican in power saying Ted like Ted what what you thought? what you thought, yeah. Ted? You can just jet set to Cancun and pretend <laughs> pretend to work from there like come on sir, you knew and you knew what you knew exactly how people were going to respond and then he got on his podcast and made it seem like we're just the mean people. Not podcast. Yeah. Oh, he got a podcast, girl. And he got on there and he was like, we should just be, should just be decent people.
3: So should he. And yet here we are. <laughs> here we are. What do you mean? Like, your morality needs to be better than your loyalty is what I feel like for the Republican Party. Like, I mean, what's wrong is wrong. And I think you should have enough pride in the party that you say you are to want it to be better. You can't mm-hmm. just be like, well, I ain't going to say nothing because you know he part of our party. No, if any one of my friends are around me and I'm associated with them and they're doing something wrong, even if I don't say it publicly, I'm going to say it privately and I'm going to do things privately if I'm afraid to do it publicly so that that doesn't happen because now I'm associated with you. And as we've seen in our adult lifetime, it don't take much for the tide to change. Mm -hmm. Like it does not take much for the tide to change. and so. To me, that should be top priority, but it is not. Never. <laughs> but it <laughs> Never. But it should be exactly. exactly. I'm trying
2: to tell y'all. I'm really trying to tell y'all. It's some conspiracies out there. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm trying to. I'm. I'm being serious. It's
2: like the fact that no, none of these white men are holding each other accountable. But, something up. Something is up. Somebody they scared. Somebody <laughs> is scared of the consequences. People
0: are saying that, of course, they are like. Probably some dirt on some of these people that like they don't want out. Of course, you know it is. They
3: all got dirt though. They all got dirt. Tell on me. I'm gonna tell on you. We just gonna be told (laughs) off. Yeah, I'm not
2: saying nothing about Ted Cruz going to Mexico. I'm sorry, I'm not.
1: (laughs) But do y'all think if it was a Republican, a Republican woman, that the Republican men? would uphold this wall of silence. No.
0: I mean, no. I'm, no. You see, do you see how they treated Liz Cheney? No, I don't think so. No. See, so,
1: so that's what I'm saying. They, I think Karen might be onto something because there, there's get, this wall yeah. of silence with the men.
0: I just want to put it's a disclaimer a out minute. that we are not a conspiracy <laughs> podcast. But, but when there's something there... Me? <laughs> or is it a conspiracy when there is, I'm when to to there think is it, yeah. something there it's worth thinking up. about we're not, we're not gonna go down no QAnon you know, rabbit hole now we're not gonna take it that far but but, but you're I'm, right I'm when you have like, to ask what, because like, sometimes the mind can't even comprehend how some of these people can do the things that they do or like condone the behavior that they condone and it's like something gotta be something gotta be a so I'm with you, Karen. I, I'm with you there. Now, as long as you don't talk yeah. about, you know, a pedophile ring of people eating children and living people,
3: yeah, no, they no, might no. not be eating the kids, but they might be in the pedophile ring.
0: I ain't, might I ain't. Be, Oh no! no. Oh, we, oh, oh, we, no. let me stop it now. We we getting far down the rabbit hole. Let me stop. It. Right, bring it back. Bring it back. You never know, though. You
2: never know. No, no. All I'm all I'm gonna say is something is up, and it's just the fact that even Shaquana, your question, will they will they have the um the backs of these uh republican women no, mm-hmm. no.
3: not no. against a republican man not against a republican no. man Nothing no. that we've seen no. would suggest that they would
2: and what's sad is that them republican women will still, still ride to the end the
3: to the wheels fall the all the way end. on They'll support that white to supremacy listen yes, they will. susan collins i look
1: susan collins i've been waiting for her to flip for years. Susan <laughs> Collins <they, look>, <laughs> be look in the news, like, this is this is not right. Mm-mm. This ain't it.
3: And then somehow, some way. magically, she still vote for the thing exactly. that she spent weeks, weeks. you seen House of Cards. you seen House of Cards. <laughs> I know we ain't doing the conspiracy thing, but I mean, those you stories me and how those how shows, how they be based how how off it. some truth. Like, money exchanges hands and you want to get elected next time, so and so will fund your campaign. Like, I believe that's absolutely happens, especially in situations like you mentioned where you're on a campaign saying this is wrong, this is wrong. And then when it comes time to really put your feet to the fire and, and you act on that and you don't, that's not just like random.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm glad you mentioned Susan Collins, Shakana, because you know who is also not here for Susan Collins? Neera Tandon. <laughs> and near attendanton listen, near Tannin ain't been here for nobody if we' being honest. And unfortunately it's got her in a world of trouble because she beep, beep, beep. was on onto- <laughs> She got into some hot water because of her past tweets, and that's why I really wanted to have y'all here because I was like that could have been any Anybody. Of
3: Anybody. could have Hast- been it should have been
0: me <laughs> could have been us it would have been me <laughs> because i have seen michelle especially you sometimes you, you share that time hop from your tweets back in the day and Listen, i be like baby, baby. baby. <laughs> so yeah i definitely wanted to talk about this for sure because number one they're on her about her mean tweets but We just had a president for four years who was the epitome of a mean tweet, who, I mean, tweeted day and night. But when it was him (laughs) and you would ask these Republican senators or Congress people, what do you think about, you know, the president's tweet? And they'd be like, what? I didn't oh i didn't see that (laughs) twitter twitter do i have one i don't have a sign in like they they were completely oblivious to anything twitter related when it came to him but then you have these same men you know on the committee saying well i don't i don't know if i can vote for you because you said that susan collins is the worst which i mean if she is she is a, Thank fact you. A, fact. a fact is a fact like is she is she wrong like especially and then you know I, I think once Joe Manchin was like he wasn't gonna vote for her they were like well crap now we gotta find at least one Republican Susan Collins she, she said she was the worst like who do we get until they were looking at Lisa Murkowski from I think it's Alaska but the, the reporters are shady because of course. they got Lisa to the side and said girl did you did you know about this tweet that she tweeted about you had no idea she
1: had no idea lisa was like what
0: who and she's like oh no but she said that you get high off your own supply and lisa was like a supply what like i was like (laughs) that sent me me, girl you know (laughs) you know what she's talking about you know what you're talking about you know and i was just like leave it to the reporters to like basically blow that whole thing up they were like oh yeah i thought right. you thought you had lisa oh well let's just see how lisa feels and lisa was like well i had maybe i need to do my research i had no idea like girl girl i just thought it was wild to see that like Neera Tandon has been like i don't want to say crucified mm. but she's really been held to the fire about her mean tweets when she's not the only those men get on twitter and talk so greasy like so greasy. day and night mm. to aoc to each other like all of that stuff and no one ever is like but did you see did you see how he tweeted nobody says that Donald Trump was calling people all kinds of names
1: Donald Trump called a black woman a dog
0: Okay Okay a black, let's, let's start there a black woman a and nobody was he like fun of what somebody who was like
1: disabled
0: it's like insane to me. This it's just really insane, wild though. to me how they just It's a, it's and I mean it's not like it was years ago. It was just the other day. Just the other day. <laughs> I'm like it
3: would have been yesterday if Twitter hadn't rebooted. <laughs> right? yep. Exactly. Yep.
0: Exactly. And I'm like <laughs> I'm like no one said a thing when this man put out a whole a whole letter to Mitch McConnell calling him dour and sullen and unsmiling and once again, the part about the next, I don't know if it was there, but when I tell you I screamed when they said that on the news that he said he had more <laughs> chins than brains, I... Yikes, yes, yikes. yes. Yikes. I was like, oh, no. But apparently they were like, sir, you can't you can't put that in the, in the official letter. We have to take that out. But nobody said a word about the nobody. fact that he went against the mi- minority leader now of the senate and it's like but near attendance like I
3: I think that goes back to it being about men white men in particular wanting Mm -hmm. to maintain power because there's plenty of other reasons you could have went at that pick I mean she's not (laughs) the best person in the world like you have valid things you Mm -hmm. could have said about her and your choice was her tweets are mean. I don't like the way she tweets about me. Right. Like that just goes to show like you don't even care enough to do your research. Okay. Right. Period. (laughs) To do your research, (laughs) to get a valid point, why she might not be the best appointee when you have them. It ain't even like you got to dig deep. Like as a Republican, you could easily find something of why she might not be the best candidate, but you chose to go to a mean tweet. Right. But, and it's the
1: weakest argument they have when, All you have to say as a rebuttal is Trump, 2016 to 2020.
0: That's all all anyone
1: can say to them.
0: (laughs) Before then.
1: Even before then. But as president, you let him get on Twitter and say vile things, untrue things. He spread conspiracy theories. Day and night. What's what's the worst this woman has said? Some, some, Some mean things that are true about people who are vile?
0: Yes. It seemed, It really seems yes. like she was calling them on their ish, and they ain't like that at all. Like Boy, we can't, have, like we can't that. have nobody, nobody up it. here on the on the the board that has called us on our ish because a lot of the stuff she said. I mean, like, granted, some of it might have been a little harsh, but for the most part, it's anything that any of us are thinking, and probably to me today, because I'm I'm. <laughs> Very lucid tweets these days, but like anything that we could be thinking, if you see something that don't make sense, for instance, the Lisa Murkowski tweet was about in, I think it was 2017, the, the tax plan to have the cuts for corporations. And she was basically saying it was going to, you know, do all of this for working people and bring jobs. And like, we knew that was BS. How are you going to not tax the millionaires and billionaires and that's supposed to help people like that's not how it works we know trickle-down economics does not work like stop playing with us and that's basically all nira said like stop playing with us like we see what you're doing and it's not gonna fly but like she, should, she shouldn't have deleted them tweets. That's, thank you, <laughs> Karen, I agree. Did, she deleted like leave hundreds of tweets. Why and I, I was like, it. I would have just had to sit in that that uh that hearing <laughs> and I'd have been like, yes, that's correct. Yeah. I did too. She should have <laughs> right,
3: she should have sat down and said I said what I said. Exactly. <laughs> I Next I said question. What I said. They made her apologize that's
0: and everything. I might have been like, I'm a, I'm gonna apologize <laughs> if some of the things I said were colorful and it hurt your feelings, but for the most part, that's how I felt. They and I'm not bad. taking that back like yeah i'm not taking it back i I couldn't believe how she had to get up there and apologize for the tweets and i was like i get it like you're in a board in front of people that are reading back your tweets about them like bernie sanders sitting (laughs) right there and you have not said kind (laughs) things about him but like at the same time oh i i just can't even understand not being like that's how i feel at the time
2: Right, That's like tricky. stand, by your, word. stand
0: you know what by your words. That's it. Stand by your word. Listen, D- Joe Biden will find her another place where she don't have to be approved by the Senate. I'm sure he, he can slide her in somewhere, but at the same well, time- I don't, I don't think like, my girl
2: going to make No, oh,
3: no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's unfortunate,
3: but- <laughs> They tried uh, to hold on to that boat, but she done deleted all them tweets for no reason. Right. Her little yeah. her assistant spent all that time deleting them I'll, tweets for I'll no right. reason. Right at
0: that point, once they found that Lisa, when she she should have been like, you know what? Whatever they find, I don't, whatever they find, because these people are good. They're scrubbing. They're scrubbing my Twitter. They're good. <laughs> to, to be honest, I think it would have been a better look for her
1: to to stand by them Mm -hmm. to say to say exactly what you said brandy like the the words may have been colorful however this is what i stand for Mm -hmm. because to be quite honest like i don't think we need more people in congress in government who don't stand by their words whether or not it hurts people's feelings because at Mm -hmm. the end of the day if i said what if i said what i said and what i said was not untrue it might have been maybe not delivered with tact or or grace but if i said something that was true i'm not gonna take it back right take it i back. may you know what i'm saying i may back. i may apologize for the delivery but i'm not going to apologize for 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 stating something that is fact.
0: right because I'm, that, I'm i think one that. of them brought up how she said something like uh the republicans act like they don't believe in science or Republicans don't believe in science. And one of the guys were like, well, we have doctors, you know, that we don't believe in science. And she kind of laughed it off and was like, no. But at the same time, what I wanted her to be like is y'all might have doctors, on the senate but y'all still act like science isn't real when you told people that coronavirus was a hoax for months and now we have Ooh. over 500,000 people dead that's all I wanted her to say but I, I understand <laughs> she couldn't say that should have been like I can't tell <laughs> right? I, I, got, I can't tell am <laughs> my bad I'm sorry I, I couldn't tell senator Rand Paul is a quote unquote doctor but he refuses to wear a mask all in the senate chamber, chambers Right, quote, unquote. Y'all couldn't see my air quotes, but he's a doctor, but refuses to wear a mask, like refuses to do the bare minimum, has to get cussed out by sherrod Brown every other time they get together because he's sick of it. And I'm just like But what have you what have you done to show that what she's tweeted isn't correct? That's why that's why I'm at that point. I if I was her, I'd have just been like, I said what I said, y'all proved me wrong.
3: And see, here's the thing. You went in there and apologized and you still didn't. Right. You're still not going to get appointed. And so now, yes. like, you should have just went in there and just, if if, if your feelings were hurt, I might have could have said it a bit better. But these were my thoughts during this time. And in the future, if you show me something different. I will say something mm-hmm, different, mm-hmm, and now you mm-hmm. don't went up there. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> right. yep. And then people are like, "Good, that's all we want you to do: apologize publicly." You still not getting it? Go and get it. right, mm-hmm. right.
1: <laughs> it's a, but it's a power play, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it is. it's always a power play. It is to. It is to. It almost gives off like I want you to almost bow in front mm-hmm. of me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and 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 like I don't know. Like it makes me uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. I. Unless she said something again along the lines of Trump calling somebody a dog, mm-hmm. what does she have to apologize for?
0: Because I mean, she if the you were, you're just the worst for that's just-
3: and that's just that.
1: Well
2: now, well now that she's taking her word back, though, now she goes on a tweet rampage. Now I'm not even, I'm not even here for. You. <laughs> right,
0: like, right, you don't stand
2: by your word. You don't. You're losing. Right. Now you've lost. You the nomination. You lost the, the nomination. You lost the, and you and you lost the lost
0: people. people. Like,
2: I don't even, you don't stand by your word, right? Right. You're going to take it back. So I don't.
1: If it's one thing you can say about Trump, he said all them things and never stood on it. Not one time. time. Still
3: won't. Still won't. (laughs) Ain't
1: ain't going to take it back. No. No. Like I said what I said. He's going
0: to get in the people's face in Orlando today or tomorrow and he gonna look Mitch McConnell in the face if he's there and he gonna be like dour unsulling <laughs> oh my god what is going on at CPAC it's like conspiracy theater Karen we should have sent you there see
1: what you can
2: find out
0: for us, <laughs> <laughs> see, what you out for us.
1: <laughs> see
0: what you can find out for us from, uh, from the podcast <laughs> cause it is a wild time up there I'm like wow but yeah and then they they made like this golden statue for him so that's just it's crazy right very awkward so
3: let Let me ask a question before we uh we get into something else because i i feel that sometimes speaking on the boys club situation that sometimes (laughs) women feel like they have to dial back or apologize or lessen themselves to even get into the space of those boys clubs but then at the same by the same token i feel like if we don't stand up. Cause the, the idea is, well, women are so emotional. They're not strong enough. You know, they're quick to change their mind, which I can change my mind if I want to mm-hmm. conversation for another day. <laughs> um, and so where I always wonder, where is the balance for women in politics where it's like, I need to get my foot in the door so that I can make change and I need to stand up and show them that I'm just as good, if not better and more emotionally stable than the men while still being able to get their foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that dominance, like with ALC, she's younger. She, you know, asserts herself. She asserts what she feels. She very rarely reels back in what she says. And mm-hmm. I feel like they are on a witch hunt for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I can just imagine, like, for me, if I was another woman in Congress looking at that, I would be like, hmm, I'm just going to be quiet. Because when she says something... Right. <laughs> They've been on her neck and they won't let up. Like, I don't know that I'm, you know, fit for that. So I always wonder how they feel or how do you feel they should go about that while still trying to break those barriers when basically men are like, look, you can do this and get in, but if you do this, you have to stay over there.
1: Well, I think AOC, like looking at the squad, what I appreciate (laughs) is that it seems that the junior members of the house, along with AOC who are women are standing together with her um, because Alan Omar, they, they keep their foot on her neck. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because she's Muslim. Mm-hmm. Just, just for that alone, they keep right. their foot on her neck. You know what I'm saying? And so that whole squad, I think if anything, when we talk about solidarity as women, I think that is where it comes into play. It's like, it's like we have to really stand for each other because if if we don't in those type of situations, you you really going to let another woman just hang, hang out to dry.
0: Yeah. But <laughs> I thank y'all so much for joining me today. I'm really appreciative. I knew that this conversation was going to be, I had the right women for the job. Especially Michelle. Yeah, Please, yeah, Michelle, yeah. we're going to go through your cheats at the end of this. <laughs> 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 thank you guys for joining me. And thank you guys for listening to Did You Hear the News? I'll see you next week.